the Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one, Mark Tui is here. He's going to be hosting the Jerry Agar show, but it's nice to have an early dose. Deb Hutton, former advisor to two premiers. I was listening yesterday afternoon. Uh, Bob Reed is here, principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, the guy who created touchdowns and fumbles, which you can hear Fridays on the Jerry Agar show. Good morning to y'all, and um, I'm trying to decide where to start. Why don't we start local and work our way out? Uh, taxpayers group that an awful lot of people often have time for, because this group generally says we're all overtaxed, is now calling on Olivia Chow to cancel the World Cup in Toronto. Mark Tui, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm not a big fan of great big international events, but I'm a fan of this one. So I, I think this is probably a non-starter, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of uh, soccer, but I know that there will be no empty seats in arenas that are, you know, featuring World Cup soccer games in Toronto. But no, the time to make this decision about whether Toronto was in or out of the World Cup was when they made the decision about whether Toronto was in or out of the World Cup. And they decided that we're in and uh, we're in. You're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Unfortunately, if they've made a bad deal, we'll have to uh, live with that because, you know, the one thing we can't afford to lose is our reputation or nobody will do business with us. Yeah, Bob Reed, this is scheduled to happen in 2026. I think we've definitely shot past the cancellation date. It would be beyond embarrassing. Yeah, it, it would be a huge black eye. And uh, I'm pretty sure Olivia Chow does not want to go down in history as the mayor who canceled the World Cup from coming to Toronto. Uh, this, you know, bread not circuses type argument is uh, is is a perennial. Uh, anytime Toronto has been considering an Olympic bid, uh, this argument gets put forward that we have far more pressing uh, human priorities that we should be spending money on. And yeah, there's some merit to that argument. But uh, there also is the, 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 the counterpoint that this would, will be tremendously valuable for the city in the long run. It does require an investment. And I would also posit the slippery slope that this leads to that, okay, well, if we should be spending money on more important priorities than hosting the World Cup, then shouldn't we look at the CNE? Shouldn't we look at every massive festival that requires uh, additional policing resources? for a weekend in the summer and all of those kinds of things. And I'm pretty sure the answer would be no. Now you've we sold like, me, Bob. I'm all in for canceling everything. <laughs> yeah, Deb, this, this is a bit out of step, I have to say, for the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. It's one thing to complain about the carbon tax. It's quite another to call on the mayor to cancel soccer. Well, what I find just so humorous about this is that the somewhat right-of-center group, the Taxpayers Federation, is calling on Olivia to do something that will absolutely be appealing to her core. It's just, it's upside-down politics for me. Okay. Uh, listen, let's keep moving because there's a bunch of things to talk about today. Uh, federal employees, the number of them, have increased by 40% since 2015. And Deb, I'll start with you on this one, as a matter of fact. I don't know that anybody has ever made the case for why they needed to take on so many people. I realize there may be some anomalies that maybe the system was starved by the Tories in their last years, but 40% is excessive. Yeah, I don't think any system of government is starved in Canada at any level. This is outrageous. This is where the Taxpayers Federation should be putting their time and energy. Like, these are 
At a time when affordability is such an issue for so many Canadians, keeping in mind we pay the bill for these employees, these are jobs that have massive job security that the four of us could never dream of, quite frankly, and never will have. Massive pensions, massive benefits. It's unbelievable that this has grown to such an extent, quite frankly, to be very partisan under Justin Trudeau's Liberals, period. Okay. Bob Reed, your thoughts. My thoughts are exactly as Deb Hutton just That is my analysis also. <laughs> that is okay. it. Yeah. yeah, Mark Tui, if somebody could make the case, uh, you know, like there was a huge controversy in the States where they went out and hired a whole bunch more auditors. But then they said, yes, but this will allow us to collect this many hundreds of millions more in income. But nobody has made the case for why we need any new employees in Ottawa. No, I've got sort of two comments on this. One thing that I saw directly firsthand at Toronto City Council, because it happens there too, is every time the, uh, the provincial government would fund a new public health project for, with one year worth of money, the city would go out and the public health department would hire the two nurses or whomever was required for it on a permanent basis, which doesn't make sense to me. You can hire people on term contracts and you can hire people on a temporary basis and governments should do that. Right. But that's but, a ploy too, isn't it? In order well, it to is. To tell Ottawa to keep the money coming. You no, know, but they never did. Yeah. Like Ontario always backed out and the city always stepped in and ended up growing its mandate. It was empire building by bureaucrats. Uh, but the, the number that resonates with me, I looked up and did some research a couple of years ago, uh, no, less than, about a year ago, one in four, between one in four and one in five Canadians work for a government, which means that three in four work all of their, their time to pay for the one in four who have this extraordinarily rich pensions and benefits scheme that, as Deb said, no, nobody on the private sector will ever enjoy. Listen, let's keep moving. Uh, Pierre Polyev and the Premier of Alberta, as a matter of fact, posed with the same guy. He's wearing a T-shirt all about straight pride. And, you know, I'll let you guys walk with this if you want. Bob Reed, I'll start with you. You're the image guy. Um, you know, people are saying, well, what's wrong with straight pride? No, he wasn't wearing it because it's straight pride. He's wearing it because he's trying to denounce pride itself. I don't blame Pierre Polyev or the Premier for posing with somebody and not noticing because they probably posed for 100 pictures an hour that day. But surely they have some handlers who could have said, no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, I don't blame them either. Uh, this this is, you know, shades of Mel Lastman uh, shaking hands with the Hells Angels. Uh, like, you know, th these are the kinds of things that just that just inevitably happen in large crowds with politicians where there's a, a, a million pictures being taken. And and to your point of, of, of an aide trying to sort of throw themselves in front and, and wave their hands frantically and say no photographs, well, then that becomes a thing as well. So I, th I think this is uh, this is one where Reasonable people need need to prevail. Of course, that phone is going to be and Pierre Paul people uh, to say, ah, see, here's an agenda. Here's what he really feels and all of that. And that's just political BS. All right. We're getting some Mr. Roboto action there. So I don't know, Nick, if we can uh, get Bob to leave and come back. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of this topic. Like, not just topic. the way we've talked about it this morning, but I'm tired of every time a politician of every poli any political stripe, quite right. frankly, 
has a photograph taken with some Yahoo that is wearing something that offends somebody. Uh, I don't think you understand, John, how it actually works. I mean, I worked with Rob Ford at uh, the sort of New Year's Day levy. You know, he would stand and take photographs with 4,000, 5,000 people in a morning. The idea that you can winnow out somebody that you think might offend somebody, absolutely impossible to do. Plus, as you said, well, the T-shirt really means this. Who are you to decide what's in the mind of the person wearing the T-shirt? And who am I as a political staffer to decide, oh, this is inappropriate, you can't meet with this person? Politicians do this because people want it done, and I don't hold any of them responsible for whom they stand next to at a public event when they're snapping pictures. Okay, Deb Hutton, you've had to handle people in office. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with Mark. And quite frankly, if someone had tried to stop this, you would have given this jerk exactly what he was looking for, which was attention for his T-shirt. Okay. And uh, Pierre Polyev, if there's any question as to what the intentions may have been, Pierre Polyev himself is absenting himself from this guy and whatever his alleged politics might be. Uh, what do we make of a mandate for children to wear life jackets under the age of 12? I'll start with uh, the, the resident libertarian. It's a great idea, but I think this is one of the those great ideas. You know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I th am I the resident libertarian? Just I thought jumped so. in there. <laughs> you looked at me, we're in the same room. Uh, I thought it was already the law, quite yeah. frankly, because it's just such common sense. And now knowing that it isn't the law, I don't think it should be, because I think it is common sense. And as, as horrible as it is to hear stories of young people drowning or anybody drowning, the, the, you know, the words come to mind, if the law would only save one life, well, then it's a complete and utter waste of time and money. Because there are better things for governments to focus on. This isn't really a grand problem. Most parents love their kids and are going to take care of them. And if they don't, well, we got bigger problems. Yeah, Bob Reed, I mean, you know, my folks always made sure we were in life jackets when we went boating. And that was just what parents did. Uh, creating a law is going to do what? Mandate that the two days a year that the OPP is on your lake that they're going to enforce? We have laws say, stating things that should be common sense, but unfortunately, maybe they're not. Now, personally, I've never, ever seen any parent anywhere put a child in a boat without a life jacket on. I agree on that standpoint, but I think we also do need to have it on the books because if we don't, the next time, God forbid, there's a fatality uh, along these lines, people are going to be saying, why didn't the law get passed? So put it on the books. Okay. Deb Hutton? A hundred percent. This is where my husband says I gave up my libertarian card when I became a mother. So I am good with this. Okay, good stuff. Uh, what do we make of Elizabeth May uh, being hospitalized apparently for stress? She's burned out from her job as a party leader and an MP, and her husband published a blog where he ranted about the workload of MPs. Uh, Deb Hutton, I'll start with you because um, you've worked in the system. I'm not unsympathetic to anybody who burns out on the job, but at the same time, if the job isn't right fit, then maybe it's not for you. Yeah, my issue isn't so much the the core of this. It's how her husband dealt with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> Apologies. Uh, we, we faced an issue many years ago when my husband was in politics. Our daughter was gravely ill just before an election campaign. And we agonized over what to say publicly. Because, uh, you know, in any workplace that you're in, you, you can't just take time off and not tell your employer. Well, the public uh, employs Elizabeth May, quite frankly. So you do need to say something, but 
you say the bare minimum, making this a political issue, trying to make political hay out of what appears to be workplace stress, which happens, is absolutely uh, like it, it just it angers me that this is what they're doing. We don't have a family doctor. Here's how many times you can't go to the emergency room. We've had to call clinics. All of that may be true. But if she's actually ill and she's under stress, just say it. Have her come back to work, and you'd have far more sympathy from someone like me. Bob Reed, I'm mindful. It's a tough job. I know people often think, oh, you know, all politicians are lazy. All politicians are, are crooks. I don't buy that. I think most of them work extraordinarily hard. But I, I think the pitch isn't working here. Yeah, uh, it's it's a total disconnect on this. Deb's entirely right. Uh, he should not have used this as a as a soapbox for a whole bunch of, of other things. Uh, I'm glad she got looked at. Um, it, you know, the workplace burnout and, and physical toll is uh, is is a serious issue. So uh, I wish her well, but I'm with Deb. He played this wrong. I hope she recovers. I hope uh, it's uh, something that she can get over and get back to work. But at that said, she's a, an MP. This is kind of self-induced. She manages her own workload. She doesn't have to do all that stuff. They do work enormously long hours. Every politician of every political stripe, whether I agree with what they're doing when they're working or not, I don't begrudge any. I mean, they're there forever. But it's also a choice that they made, and they could choose to do something else. She's smart. She could do a lot of things. My thanks to all three of you. Great roundtable. Another roundtable coming your way in the next hour. That's Mark Tui, Deb Hutton, and Bob Reed. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.